Hi, I'm Colin. And I'm Megan. And this is Pet Sitter Confessional. An open and honest discussion about life as a pet sitter. Brought to you by Time to Pet. Well, hello, everybody, and welcome back. Today, we have Kylie Holloman Rivera on the show. Now, keen-eared listeners will remember she was back on in episode 67, discussing the Black Lives Matter movement with Natasha. She joins us today to talk more about Black Lives Matter and the pet care industry and about the awesome company that she's built. So, Kylie, thank you so much for coming on the show today. Could you tell us a little bit more about yourself? Yes. Thank you so much, Colin, for having me back on. I really appreciate it. Um, So yes, my company is Fire Hydrant Pet Sitting. I am based out here in Southern California in the Inland Empire and San Gabriel Valley area. And we do a little bit of North Orange County as well. Um, I originally started the business out in Kansas City, Kansas. Um, And then we moved out here in 2016 and I made it official into doing it full time. And it's been such a pleasure to be able to spend all day, literally almost all day with animals. So since we uh, are able to spend most of our days with the animals, we offer dog walking services, drop-in visits, and cat care. That's awesome. And now you, I, I love the name. So what's the history behind that? Yeah. So with Fire Hydrant Pet Sitting, um, back in 2016, before we moved to California, I decided I... Well, I didn't even know this was an industry, but I thought, oh, it would be cool to have a business to do dog walking and everything. And so my husband, he's very creative. He went to school for animation, things like that. And so he's like, how about we do fire hydrant pet sitting? I'm like, huh, that's interesting. And the whole thought behind it was because since he's in animation, he's very cartoony. And on in cartoons, uh, dogs tend to pee on fire hydrants. <laughs> and so we decided to just take that aspect and call it fire hydrant pet sitting. Yeah. Well, it's, it's very distinctive and it does conjure those images and that relationship <laughs> gives you that immediate, right? <laughs> yes, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> now, 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 back in 2018, you, you said you decided to take it full time and you didn't even mm-hmm. you know, realize, you know, what kind of industry was going on. What, what was it like going full time back then? Yeah. So gosh, it was such a process because like, you know how people talk and talk like, Oh, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. And it was kind of a shock because in 2017, I, uh, late 2017, I found out this was even an industry. And so within six months I was doing research, attending seminars, figuring out everything I can to do, um, this full time. And in about February, I quit my job as an HR assistant and just decided to take the leap. Uh, I just felt like it was time and it's, uh, I came upon a fork in a road where it's like, I was either excelling in HR or I was excelling in pet sitting and I just had to pick one. And so throughout all the research and everything, I just went for it and I've been doing it full time ever since. Yeah. And you talk about that step of, of discovering the industry. I feel like that's a really common sentiment of going, mm-hmm. well, I like working with dogs. Is this a, is this a thing? And then some, mm-hmm. Googling, some Googling, some asking questions. And then that next step of, oh, can I see myself doing that? Is that something that I, yeah. I could work in? So it's kind of like this self-discovery process working through that. Uh-huh. Yeah. I totally agree. And it's just like, I didn't even know, like there's background checks specifically for pet owners or pet CPR certi- uh, certifications and it, it's endless. It is literally its own industry. <laughs> it is. And, and trying to figure out exactly how you fit in, 
what all that what mm-hmm. all is required. So as as you went mm-hmm. through that as you went through that process of getting started, what was maybe the one or two biggest hurdles that you came across that you had to overcome? I was working down in Orange County for a marketing and sales firm. And to get down there, the people that live out in Southern California here, they know about the 57. The 57 is packed. It is booked. If you say you have to drive down it in the morning, it, you, you already know it's going to take about two hours, especially from where I am. And so um, the first, it was just like more personal where like I ended up getting pulled over, you know, because <laughs> I was I, to get to work on time. I had to take the HOV lane, which you're not supposed to do if you have less than two people in the car. I'm sorry. I was breaking the law, (laughs) but I had to get to work (laughs) at the time. And so I got pulled over and that ticket was like a thousand bucks. And that was just horrible. And then a little bit before that, I got in a super bad car accident going to work. Uh, I was trying to get over and people here, they have a tendency to just dead break. And I was looking at my blind spot. And so between the car accident, getting that thousand dollar ticket, I'm just like, I need to, I need to stop. And around that time, I attended this female seminar and it was called the She Gathering. And it was out here in Chino Hills. And it was all about all these female entrepreneurs and how they just went for it. And it's like, it's all about taking a hundred percent. It's like, yes, you could do your pet sitting or you do your HR, but whatever you choose to do, you just need to do it a hundred percent. And that's how it will go. And so with all that accumulated within a matter of time, I, I quit my job and just did it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, yeah. You know, trying to p- pinpoint that exact moment of like, what was the one thing that pushed me over? Very rarely is the one thing. It's this, cul- uh-huh. this culmination of like this driving, you know, getting fed up of being on the 57, getting fed up with the, what's going on. And then you start looking yeah. around going, what's better out there? You know, how can I feed what I need to be doing? And then mm-hmm. make, making that switch and just going, okay, like I've got to make this work and, and jumping in yeah. with both feet. It was like a cherry on top. It's like, I'm done. Like I gotta, I gotta stop now. And yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> also, Which I'm still thankful. I really liked my job. I do want to say that I really did love my job and it was a really hard decision, but at the end of the day, it's like, you know, I got to do what makes me happy. I've discovered in myself that this is what I love to do. Yeah. No, yeah. Discovered in yourself. It's what you love to do. And and sometimes it takes just barreling in and make, you know, mm-hmm. with, with this knowledge and with this research and bringing in a team of people to help you. Yeah. But, <laughs> and, 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 you know, and also recognizing like, this is also hard work, right? This is also, it's oh, not, yeah. it's, it's not like it's just, <laughs> rainbows and butterflies and fluffy kittens and not just walking a dog like it's a lot more (laughs) but that stuff stuff becomes easier whenever you've got the full front of your passion driving it right and and exactly and all of a sudden you're aligned with what you want to be doing what you're passionate about and Mm -hmm. those those hard times get Mm -hmm. blown through because of what you're what you want to have happen most definitely. And just remembering that why, like, why am I doing this? Like on those days, because of course, like, you know, being a, being self-employed, being an entrepreneur, it's like, you have those days where it's like, oh my gosh, why did I do this? I could so easily just go back to that job where I work in nine to five, getting a consistent paycheck, but it's just remembering that passion and that why and keep it going. Yeah. Yeah. And reminding yourself, that from time mm-hmm. to time, right? Keeping that forefront. So how, how do how do you remind yourself of your why on those really tough days? 
My husband. <laughs> honestly, I, I, that sounds cheesy. I'm sorry, <laughs> but honestly, it's it's him. Um, we have really big dreams and goals for ourselves, just like anybody. But um, you know, I just want to be able to take care of him and our future family. And um, you know, when it, it's like when a dog is misbehaving, like for example, today a dog pooped in my car, <laughs> and of course. <laughs> that's not great. And it sucks. Uh, the smell sucks, but you know, deep down, I really love dogs and it was just a bad day. And I get to come home to my husband. It's like, you know what? It's okay. I get to come home and be here for him and with him and have that flexibility to be able to do that. It sounds cheesy, but it's a hundred percent true. It's a hundred percent. It's a hundred percent genuine, right? Yeah, because yeah. w- whether it's a whether it's a husband, wife, a spouse, whether it's a best friend, whether it is a, a, just a core group of people around you, having that support and and recognizing yeah. that you are working towards and for something bigger and larger than yourself at the end of the day, right? Putting exactly. it into that kind of mm-hmm. context really mm-hmm. helps. Really helps because yeah. so a lot of times we can get focused down in the mundane tasks and the nitty gritty of the details, the, the poop in the mm-hmm. back of the car now, or, you know, yes. or dog, or whatever. <laughs> dogs being, yeah, <laughs> they're just deciding not to listen or whatever it is. It's, you know, it's just a little snippet and you're right. It is the larger picture that you just have to focus on. Now I'd, I'd love for you to tell us a little bit about um, the team that you have at fire hydrant definitely um so of course with covid things happen and unfortunately we don't have the big grand team as uh we used to i miss that a lot and um i i was thankfully able to uh, after starting and doing this full time within six months i was able to hire on people and stuff so it was super rewarding i love being able to offer jobs to people to help them accomplish and do what they love and pursue it and some of our main values at fire hydrant with our clients and with our employees is you know just being transparent you know being transparent with each other um having great communication being reliable uh team player because you know things happen and stuff and so of course you just kind of have to help each other out. And I try a lot to keep everyone in touch. Um, and I know with your experience with being in this field as well, um, you know, you you don't see each other a lot. It's not like in an office where you're constantly seeing your coworkers. And so before COVID, I was trying really hard to make sure that we got together at least once a month or so and just get together and chat. And so we can keep that connection. I love how you put it that those values extended yes to the clients, but also to your own internal team of making sure that that was something that was through and through true to you and true to what you wanted them and feel them to be included and that yeah. you were, that you were 100% backing them. And we do, we try to like communication, I think is key because I feel like so many people think like, you know, there's just a lot, a lot of misunderstandings and it's just like, you know what, let's just put it right out there during the interview process, training process all the time, every single email. It's like, please let me know. If you have any questions, let me know. Just no matter what, let me know. I just, I would rather know than not know. And it's just like, I just want to make sure, especially since we're not having a lot of face-to-face interaction anymore. Um, I just feel like that communication via text, call, email, whatever is so, so, so important. It really does. I mean, it just, it sounds so simple, um, but it's mm-hmm. easy to forget. It's easy to get busy and forget to send those texts or those emails or not reply yeah. to them. It's it, it's easy to forget to do that, especially 
now yeah. where you're not, mm-hmm. there, there's no, you know, connections at all. Uh, and yeah. it, it makes it, makes it hard to do that. So what, what was that like, um, walking your team through, through COVID, uh, to the point where you guys are today? Yeah. Uh, gosh, that whole thing, like I was looking back cause now we're kind of getting a little bit back to normal a little bit. It's stabilized a little bit. Of course, it's so scary. But in the beginning, it was, wow, I was such in a haze. It was so scary because, you know, some people are like, oh, my gosh. But like, you know, when you cough, it's like, oh, my gosh, you have COVID. And it's like, it's okay, It's okay. I just got to sneeze and stuff. And so everyone was just very on edge. But it was just a lot of communication. It's like, how are you feeling? How are you doing? Do you have enough supplies? Um, I know a pet sitter in Massachusetts, uh, her dog walking business completely. She still does it, thankfully. But during COVID, it got shut down. And so she was making masks. And so I would ask my team, like, hey, do you have masks? Do you have gloves? Like, what do you need? I can make sure you guys have all the cleaning supplies. So it was just ensuring their safety and making sure that they had everything to remain safe. Keeping them safe, um, whether they're, you know, whether they're able to perform the the pet sitting duties or not, just at a personal level, too, of going, hey, like, we, we all need to be, be taking care of each other and coming together right now. Yeah, exactly. And just constant check-ins. <laughs> Yeah, because those you, you don't want little things to go by the wayside, even in mm-hmm. the chaos of times like this, because those little things add up over time. And in communication yeah. with somebody else, you don't want to miss those. Exactly. And then with us being such a small business, you know, like just as a team with our clients, just everything like it's just I feel like it's very important to stay in touch and to be there for one another as best as we can. Um, thankfully towards iPhone, it helps a little bit. Cause you know how on iPhone you can like press the message and it can like, like it for you or something. And it's like, I read your message. I saw it. I just want to let you know <laughs> I heard it <laughs> and stuff. Cause yeah, things do sometimes go under the radar. And so of course you want to communicate that to them. And so it always helps having that little thing on iPhone messaging. Yeah. Yeah. At least just saying received i it, it didn't go into yes. the void. it didn't go into the void i'm 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 here and you know i will get back to you at some point exactly exactly <laughs> you mentioned things are starting to get a little bit back to to normal how has that transition been for for you and what does that look like so uh with the transition we still are still taking precaution because covid of course is still you know a pandemic that's still here. Um, but, and so we're still taking safety precautions, but, uh, for a while, uh, with the transition of it all, some people were starting to go on vacations again. So, um, instead of doing in-person consultations, we started doing virtual consultations and we are, we were able to FaceTime or zoom and they were able to show us like, okay, here's the cat's food bowl. Here's the litter box, things like that, just to help make sure to keep a safe distance. And so we were still able to do our job safely yet make sure that the owners are safe as well. Um, and then with that, like we made sure to do a deep clean whenever, after we were done with our services, it's like, let's just deep clean everything. Um, but with things starting to pick back up again, people are starting to go back to work or just starting to understand like how, what to do. Um, we just, uh, we've started to do in-person consultation, but of course still practicing social distancing, but it's been nice and we're getting there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It was, you know, it, it is, it is really nice to start doing more in-person stuff. I know when, when we did our first virtual and then our first socially distanced meeting, it was like, this is kind of weird. Cause I'm used to like yeah. people's hands and like getting in your dog's face, mm-hmm. you know, like meeting your dog and really like meeting you. And now I feel it's kind of yeah. like, it, it was, it was really awkward uh, to, to be going through those. It so, is. 
So I was curious, you know, you're starting to do some more in-person. How much of the virtual meet and greets are you still going to offer moving forward? Um, or do you, do you see those sticking around as, at least as an option for clients? Definitely, definitely sticking around, especially since the news has been saying that this may stick around for a couple of years. I, I just don't want to I don't want to put anybody at risk. You know, um, as a pet sitter, dog walker, I am here to help you out. And I don't want to make life more challenging for you by like, you know, I, we, none of us has been tested positive. None of us has been around anybody with COVID, but knock on wood, please. <laughs> but, um, but it is, it's just like, so I, of course, do want to offer that because um, it is easier. And yeah. Definitely. Yeah, it, it may not be what your first preference is, but if it makes a yeah. cli- it may, if it makes a client more at ease and you can meet, exactly. their, meet their needs in that way, that that's that's mm-hmm. a whole another that's a whole another conversation, right? Is meeting the client's needs and making sure they're comfortable. Of course, of course. Uh, and especially cuz like you said, we do prefer in-person consultations a lot more because then you can see so much the dog behavior, how they respond to which parent they listen to more. Um you can you see it in action and I love the consultations where things fail a little bit. Cause of course, like, you know, the owners are like, Oh my gosh, my dog's being so embarrassing or they pee or they do something they never do. And I'm like, no, I'm glad. I'm glad I'm seeing this because then I know instead of seeing this perfect, happy dog that it's like, no, he is false too. I want to see them. Yeah. And so, yeah, dear on the phone, it is very challenging to get a good feel. And so I am looking forward to seeing people again but also just being human. I really miss seeing people. (laughs) It's like, I want to hug you. I want to do something. (laughs) (laughs) It it, it, it really, it really is a, a getting used to that way of operation with hopes for the future, knowing that we'll, we'll get there eventually and slowly, but surely, and just keeping all the safety measures in place as long as possible. Uh, and yeah, make, as you, as you keep saying to make sure that everybody's safe and feels, um, like they are being heard and that they're being, uh, that their concerns are being met too. Exactly. Most definitely. hundred percent. Now, uh, you know, you mentioned that your, your husband is a graphic designer and he helped you with the name. Um, it, mm-hmm. it, what, what is it like working with him as part of your team and, and with fire hydrant? So helpful. So helpful. Um, cause like, uh, it costs money to do those things. Um, you know, to buy a logo and to, you know, uh, do marketing, uh, everything, you know, to have those designs, it costs money. And so I'm very thankful that he's able to do it, but it's just been so helpful because he's so creative and we're such opposite minded that we com- come together really well and stuff. And it, it's just been so helpful, honestly. <laughs> do, do, yeah. really. It, it, it really, it, it is, but you know, you mentioned like being, being opposites. Um, and again, whether this mm-hmm. is, you know, having a business partner or a friend, that is not exactly like you helps because you're able to bounce ideas off each other, have different viewpoints going into solving a problem, knowing that you're going to solve, mm-hmm. solve, it, solve it a different way. Um, knowing that you're probably going to yeah. butt, butt heads an awful lot, but <laughs> yes, <laughs> it happens. <Yeah. laughs> Lots of bickering, but we get there. We get there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, you know, what, what is it like um, walking that line between the business relationship and the personal relationship uh, together? Yeah. So, um, so we used to live in an apartment and when we lived in the apartment, my office desk, it was in our bedroom. 
So it just kind of, and then, you know, then you have your living room because it's an apartment. It's not a lot of space. So it was just like, I was constantly working. And since I was at home, there was just no boundaries at all. And so thankfully last Christmas, we were able to move. And ever since then, it has been amazing because we got a little bit bigger place. So now I have my office. So whatever work related stuff I have, it stays in my office. And even with him, he has his man cave. And so he can do his work, whatever, and his. And it just, it helps separate things so much by having those boundaries. Yeah. Dedicated space and dedicated time to those things. And you know, like when Mm -hmm. I'm in my office... It's work when I leave that door, no yep. more work. And you yep. know, it's, it's, it's those you know, kind of transition transition phases as you go from, from work to personal life, especially when you're exactly. working, working in close proximity with each other. Um, it's just, yeah, <laughs> that's really invaluable. Yeah, it really is. And like you said, is space has been number one. And even when we try to violate the time and stuff, it's like, hey, do you mind if I talk to you about business real fast? I'm sorry, but I'll make it really quick. I love you, but... <laughs> I need to talk to you about this. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We do we do that too of like, okay, we're not gonna talk about business at, at dinner time. And then no. invari- and invariably one of us is like, Okay, so I got a message about business. Can you, <laughs> can you just talk to me really quick? <laughs> That's totally understandable. It happens, but being able to respect that and respect each other and have those boundaries is huge. Yeah, it yeah, it helps it helps make it work and and uh again whether that's a whether that's a business partner that you know you're you're not married to and you're just working together on thing, you know, yes. or, you know, having those boundaries and being clear about them and knowing and trusting mm-hmm. that the other person has not just your best interest at heart but also your business's best interest yep. at heart. So when they come to you with something being able to trust them and say, "Okay, this is obviously very important right now. Let's go ahead and talk about this and then let's move on." Most definitely. Most definitely. Definitely agree. I did want to pick your brain a little bit on the pack walks that you run and that you operate in that yeah. service. What do those look like? Yeah. So the pack walks, we were, do, it's like unofficial. <laughs> um, but with COVID, since things slowed down so much, we wanted to make sure that the experience was still there, not just like, oh, because like, you know, the owners are home. So it's kind of, it's a tiny bit awkward. And so it's like, you know what, let's just go on a road trip. Let's make this fun for the dogs. And then it makes it fun for the owners because they see that their dogs are having fun. And so um, with the pack walks, we just, we slowly integrate the dogs. It's like, okay, they do good together. They do good together. Let's walk all four of them together. And so like today we did six dogs. And it's like, okay, they, they're all happy. They're all so cute and happy and going along. And it's been so much fun. And the owners have just loved it because then they may not be able to socialize, but their dogs at least are socializing <laughs> and stuff. And so it's been very beneficial all around. It's taking that going, okay, like um, obviously walks are still beneficial and people still need mm-hmm. them. Uh, and yes. let's, let's, let's add a twist to this and make it just a mm-hmm. little bit more enticing and make it a little bit more, yes. more, more different uh, and, and change it up a little bit. Exactly. Exactly. And it's just, it, yeah, it's just really nice and it helps enhance the experience a little bit more. And hopefully they stay with us since COVID has been like, you know, it's happening a lot longer than we expected. And so it's like the least we could do is make sure as a thank you for staying with us. Like we're here to care for your dog. We love them. And we want to be here for them. Yeah, absolutely. Now, do you have a specific place that you always take them that you have a license for or are there's just areas that you're able to go to? 
Yeah, no, uh, no license on uh, no specific areas. We are licensed, just not, we don't have pack walk permits. <laughs> yes, um, but um, we walk around neighborhoods. And so depending on the neighborhood here, um, we've had a lot of heat waves and stuff. So we just kind of do the best we can with that. Um, and so we tend to go to neighborhoods uh, with more shade and everything. And then I try to go to slower neighborhoods because it like, like today I was walking six dogs. It is very hard to walk six dogs on a sidewalk and a human. And so we tend to walk in the streets and stuff. And so we try to go towards those shady, quiet neighborhoods and the dogs love it. Yeah. And then the neighbors love it too, because it's like, Oh my gosh, look at that crazy girl out there with all those dogs. (laughs) But a lot of people are like, you're brave. You're so brave for doing that. It's like, okay. (laughs) So it's, it's good feedback. (laughs) Well, sure. It it makes a little bit more exposure in those areas because it is, you know, not to call it, not to call it a spectacle, but it is probably out of the ordinary (laughs) for those people just to Mm -hmm. see. Right. And so I'm sure that is an interesting way of, of um, getting some attention on the, on the business too. Yeah, most definitely. And, you know, we got, we got our shirts, we got our fanny packs (laughs) and we actually use gardening belts instead of fanny packs because the gardening belt has so many more pockets than a fanny pack. And so we're just loaded. (laughs) And so we have that around our waist, all these leashes and yeah, we're ready. Now, you know, what what was that like for you learning to, to offer that kind of service? You know, it was, it was a very beneficial learning process. Um, it took time because, um, you have to learn the dog behavior. So of course it's doing that research and understanding like, okay, how are we going to make sure that these dogs do okay? And so of course we make sure to meet the dogs outside. And once we realize who gets along, then we just, we slowly add dogs to the pack, but it's definitely a lot of making sure you know the behavior of dogs and make sure that you know that specific dog. It's like, okay, if their fur riles up in the back, is that normal for them? Or is that more of they're about to attack? Uh, Is their tail down? Is their tail up? Like, what are their ears saying? And it's just kind of knowing that specific dog in order to make sure that we can continue with these pack walks and knowing how, what, what um, triggers them even it's like, okay, if we have all these dogs that trigger squirrels, then we should definitely avoid uh, parks <laughs> and try to go somewhere. And so it's definitely just making sure to know the dog and making sure that they can get along with others. Yeah. It sounds like, you know, just being almost hyper attentive um, throughout the yeah. entirety of that and really either taking, I'm sure you take notes about specific dogs or, or at least make note, you know, mm-hmm. talk about the owners and, and triggers and things like that for them too. Definitely. Definitely. And it is. um, And we do report cards for our clients. And so if I notice a new trigger or something like that, like some, like for example, some dogs, um, the metal grates on sidewalks, some dogs don't like to go over those for some reason. And I think it's just the feeling and the sounds. I get it. But um, I make sure to let the owners know. So then they're aware and then we we try to practice. So then it's like, okay, we're going over it and hopefully we can get to one day where they're totally fine and stuff. But yeah, we always make sure if, even if it's um, where their, you know, their feces are a little bit different that day, we always make sure to let the clients know and communicate that. And it is really just being hyper aware of how that dog is in and out. Yeah. And I, I like that of kind of, of communicating these progress reports to the owners of like, Hey, you yeah. know, they didn't like going over grates before, but now we're getting closer to them. And, you know, exactly. Owners love hearing that, that their dog's making, they do. that their dog's making progress. And, and it tells them that you're paying enough attention and, and actively working with them on that. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Which is so, so, so important to us because it's like I pet sitting and dog walking. It's a, it's a luxury expense. You know, we're not needed. If you had to pick like what had to go first, we're, we're out. And so we always try to make sure to go that extra mile, that extra step to make sure that, Hey, we're here to help you in more ways than one. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. We have been taking care of a young Weimariner. Uh, yes. he's, he's real young and really, really skittish. And I, you mm-hmm. know, and it was one of the first times where I realized that, yeah, like the owner's going to be really excited to hear that he walked past a, you know, a, a backhoe today on the street. Yeah. Like the, her, his owner was super excited about that because it was a new experience and he like rocked it. And it was like, okay, definitely yeah, right. Like this is, we can, oh you know, gosh. so we're, we're going to work with him on this. And it's like, yeah, he approached a really interesting, you know, uh, like birdhouse today. And he was scared <laughs> at first, but, but we walked past it without a problem. And mm-hmm. she, she loves hearing those kind of updates. They do. And, and I, like I would too, like I, I have a dog walker come by and it's those little things that just make it. And it's just like, oh, like the, my, the dog, my dog loves their sitter. Like that's fantastic. And they're doing so well with them. <laughs> that is awesome. Yeah. And it's those little things just reporting back on that really do make a difference. Yeah, and it helps you, you know, telling that story too of that experience that you had with them, and it builds that rapport and mm-hmm. builds that builds that trust further. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Like we're we're in the we're trying to hire people right now, and uh, one of the questions we ask is like, what is one of your like professional accomplishments? And when I like ask that question, I always like think it's just like, gosh, like the amount of accomplishments that we've had as pet sitters and dog walkers and and, and they're so silly because like you like what you said with the Weimar runner he he walked by a truck it made a lot of noise but he did it we walked by a house you know it's those little things but to be able to overcome that and know that it was you that did that and helped him it's just it, it is really nice and so rewarding yeah yeah it, it, it is and it's a good reminder of reminding ourselves that too of especially on those days where you're like what am I even doing? Like, come on. Mm-hmm. I, I don't even know why I'm doing this. Rem- sitting down and reminding those, maybe keep a list on a post-it note. Yes. You did this. Right. It makes the hard days go by. <laughs> it, it does. It does. Absolutely. Now <laughs> thinking, thinking about the future uh, of your company, what kind of plans do you have in place and, and what are you, what are you dreaming for? Yeah, yeah. So, unfortunately, I'm I'm a jack of all trades. Uh, my brother, he's the master of one. He focuses on one thing at a time. Me, I have to dabble in everything. So I try to be an adult and do one thing at a time. But um, we always have to explore. So, but um, right now, we're really trying really hard to um, open up a facility out here in Southern California. And we have hopes to, of course, expand out to Kansas City, back into my hometown, because they were super dog friendly. But um, out here, before, uh, before COVID hit, you know, we would go to all these events. And so many people would ask, do you board? Do you allow people, to, like our dogs, to come stay with you? And I got asked that so much. And it's like, you know what, we need to, we need to look into this. <laughs> and so, so that's been one of our uh, projects that we've been trying to get together. Yeah, that's really exciting. Yeah, no, when people say, oh, jack of all trades, that's just a serial entrepreneur. That's what that is. So you're, yes. you're- <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, it's 
great. It's just, it's really bad sometimes when it comes to focusing. <laughs> right. I, I understand. I understand that. I'm, I'm fascinated by that because, you know, it seems to be a lot of people fall into two camps. Either you're going to own a facility or you're going to do the dog walks. So what is it about running and operating a facility that kind of, that draws your attention to doing that? So what draws me to um, open up a facility is because it's more dogs. <laughs> and because, <laughs> honestly, that really is uh, because, you know, like I said, with the pack walks, so many people love seeing their dogs socialize, you know, because they're, they're like our kids nowadays. Um, even now, mine's at my feet. You know, he's always by me there. And it's just our, it's a connection. And so for, to know that our dogs are going places and making their own friends, having a blast. And then, you know, they come home and nap when they get home. So it's like, that's a great feeling. (laughs) It's like, okay, I did my job as a dog mom, but it's just to be able to have all those dogs together, uh, bringing in a community of dogs and just having it all. It just seems so fun. And to be able to give our clients that um, sense of relief that, Hey, your dog is being cared for and we get to do it. So it's a win-win for everybody. Um, But yes, it's very exciting for it all. It sounds like you're going, man, like I would love to be able to provide that service for you. So how can Mm -hmm. I do it my way? And make sure mm-hmm. that it stays, you know, in within our core values. Exactly, exactly. And like we've even looked into software to where it's like, you know, we while the dogs at the daycare, we could send updates still through all that, and it's like we could still be able to maintain that communication, which is again something we highly value. Have you heard about Time to Pet? Susan from the Pet Gal has this to say: Time to Pet has helped us grow exponentially. We believe the platform's features make us by far more professional than other companies who use conventional dashboards. They are the software gurus constantly developing and improving the platform based on user feedback. This decision was a good one. If you are looking for new pet sitting software for your business, give time to pet a try. As a listener of Pet Sitter Confessional, you'll get 50% off your first three months when you sign up at timetopet.com slash confessional. I do want to switch gears a little bit here and talk more about the Black Lives Matter movement. And I do have to say that if people have not listened to your great discussion with Natasha back on episode 67, they really need to, um, because I thought it was it was very well done, very genuine uh, and gave some really great context about the movement and what it and what it means. Um, So I, I did want to ask you more specifically, being a black business owner, how does that impact how you operate? and run your business as a pet sitter? Yeah, most definitely. Um, Since I am, I'm half black and half white, I have to, you know, I always have to take extra precautions because it's how people see me. Unfortunately, the first thing they see is my skin color. And so we always have to make sure it's like, Hey, do the neighbors know that we're coming? Do they know that we're coming at these times? Because of course, seeing um, an African-American at night in a neighborhood that they've never seen them in is it's not a safe situation. Um, and so we always have to make sure that the neighbors know, uh, we make sure that it's like, Hey, the alarm, are we good? Does the alarm company know? Uh, we just always have to make sure it's like, Hey, everybody else knows that I'm entering your house. And so we just always have to try to make uh, connections. You know, we're also bonded and insurance. We have everything to make sure just to make sure that others feel comfortable working with us. Right off the bat, they sound kind of small precautions of, oh, did you let the name mm-hmm. know? 
right? It sounds yeah. so simple, but if it's not a, a matter of safety or life and death for you, you might not think about checking that. Yeah. Uh, especially yeah. if you especially if you are a business owner and you have staff, you know, making mm-hmm. sure their safety too and having those protocols in place protocols in place. Yeah. We had a situation like that a couple years ago where um the, the neighbor didn't know. He's used to seeing me, um, but we did have another uh, um another worker with us and she was a lot darker than me. And he he wasn't familiar with her and I felt so bad for her. Gosh. Um, you know, she got done with the job and she was typing up the report and then he decides to open up her passenger door and it's like, it freaked her out because it was late night. It was late at night. It was about an eight o'clock visit. It was during the uh, winter. So it was a little bit, it got dark earlier. And then this man is just opening the door, asking her what she's doing. Why were you in this house and all that stuff. And so to know that that happened to one of my employees, like it's just, I want my team to feel safe. And so of course we made sure to let the owner know and stuff, but it was, it sucks. It's like he opened this young female's car door and just totally violated her space. And yeah, it was just insane. It's a reminder of those kind of interactions can happen at any time. Right. And, and to have if you have not thought through those kind of policies, those kind of communications with the owner, with the neighbors, with the community, like, that's, uh-huh. you know, right, right now is the, a, a really great time to do that. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And it's just, um, of course these things can happen to anybody. It's just for African-Americans, blacks, it's, it, it, it hurts a lot, uh, because once the cops are called, it's a totally different situation. We, um, of course, as we've seen, it's not handled the same. You hate watching that. It's, it's, it's just mm-hmm. mind blowing. Right. And as, yeah. as, as pet, as pet sitters, sometimes we can feel like, okay, but like, I just walk dogs. Like I just, I just yeah. don't go take care of people. So like, what dif- what difference can I make in my, yeah. in my community? What, what, what would you have to say to those people? Yeah, most definitely. Um, honestly, just educating, educating yourself. Uh, for example, like one of the books I highly recommend is the color of law. Um, that one, it's more about, um, neighborhoods. You know, a lot of people aren't exposed to African-Americans just because they're not in their neighborhoods or they didn't go to the same school or stuff and stuff like that. And in this book, they mention a lot about why that is and how, um, America and many organizations really did try to make sure everything stayed segregated. And so honestly, just educating yourself and making, um, feel free to ask questions, anything to become aware of it, honestly. Yeah. And, and then making that a part of your business and how you operate and know that that is both a personal belief and, and way of operating and a business, right? Whether you, whether you like it or mm-hmm. not, like that, like that is going to be, that becomes part of how you operate uh, and, and making sure yeah. we, we, we are out in the community. We do talk with a wide, diverse group of people. Um, you, you, you might not yeah. see it, at, you might not think of it or th- think about it at first, but we really do. We really do cut across all sorts of divides uh, in the United States. Uh, and so mm-hmm. that it starts knowing that it starts with us first and foremost. Yeah. Yeah. And making sure that we're each doing our part and you know, there's so many things like just even sharing it, um, on the news, like me, I'm sorry, on your social media, you know, of course, fat check the article and make sure that it's legit, that it's not so bi- to bias or anything, but honestly, just a simple Google research and then looking at the source, you know, just, um, the internet has so much that, you know, so many people didn't 20, 30 years ago. Realizing that the, the tools and the information are there. It's now our responsibility mm-hmm. to, it's our, it's our response. It's not going to land in our lap. It's not, nobody's going to yeah. come in and do that and do that part for, yeah. for us. 
we've we've got exactly. to, we've got to go and do that. And you you mentioned mm-hmm. you mentioned posting it on your social media. Um, I know mm-hmm. many people may be afraid to post stuff, especially on their business accounts, for fear yeah. of, of backlash or, or things like that. Uh, what advice would you give to a business owner who's afraid to speak up about their beliefs in their community? My advice would be, of course, to be professional about it. Of course, um, politics get wrapped in it very, very quickly. But if you just kind of be professional about it, it is important to speak up because, of course, your values as a company and who you attract and who your clients are, it all all plays a part and stuff. And so to be able to speak up about it, it is so important. And it's like we mentioned earlier, it's part of a bigger picture, you know, and how the community is. And because your business is part of that community, it's important to know that you're there for your community and know that you fight for equality because that's like that's all men were created equal. And yeah, it is very important to be able to speak about it. And just because again, a lot of people aren't familiar with it. And so if you are sharing it, doing it professional, uh, professionally and educating people that way. It does start with, with, with being professional and, and, and part of that too is going, okay, well, what do, what do my policies say for my business? Mm -hmm. Do I have statements Mm -hmm. in there about, about, racism about inclusivity do i have those in there i I may Mm -hmm. i may go well but i believe that but it is in your policies is it part of your business and start start there and and then speak out from your policies when you when you're communicating Mm -hmm. this is just who we are as a business yeah this is how we operate and taking a stand and that again it just it helps tie in your community and hopefully that can urge another uh, small business or to do the same and it can just really unite the area yeah, absolutely, absolutely, and and just um, you know searching out those um, and and having that conversation with them about that and knowing mm-hmm. this is where we stand and this is how we're going to keep moving forward. Uh, definitely. So on that on that eye to the future and to keep moving forward, um, how can how can we as business owners and as pet sitters make sure that we keep making advances and stay engaged in this conversation? Definitely. Uh, honestly, doing what we're doing now, honestly, just uh, talking about it, uh, even though we may not be able to get on uh, in person, meet in person anymore as much, but we could still go on Zoom calls. You know, we could still invite other people to be like, hey, there's a Zoom call about this. If you're interested, come join us. We're just having a little discussion about it. And it could just be open and friendly um, to where it's no judgment. And it's just like, if you have questions, ask them. Um, I've even told a lot of my Facebook friends, it's like, uh, cause I grew up in the Midwest. There wasn't a ton of mixed people or a lot of um, African-Americans, you know, going to my schools. And so it's just like, you know what, like ask me a question. It's totally okay. And I feel like as long as we keep that open mind, open-mindedness and conversation going, I think it's very beneficial towards businesses and just individuals. Yeah. And whether that Zoom call is with local businesses um, about mm-hmm. about that conversation or at a more personal level too, friends, family, people that you know, reaching out to them, just offer exactly. them. Exactly. Say, hey, let's get together and talk about this because everybody else exactly. is. So we, we need to yeah. be as well. <laughs> what's wrong with talking, you know, and if you all kind of go in there with, again, with that open mind and just like have an agreement, it's like, we're just talking, we're just trying to understand each other's point of view and, you know, make sure that we're all on the same page and respect each other. You know, I understand how um, it, it's awkward to have also growing up in the Midwest. Um, my, mm-hmm. my, my school and exposure was almost zero. I think there were two people who would have considered themselves yeah. mixed, right? And that was through my entire yeah. kindergarten through high school graduation. 
And so I yeah. never had, you know, I never had an opportunity to have those kind of conversations growing up. So those had to happen mm-hmm. later in life and being uh-huh. just, just, just asking questions, you know, what, what's it, what's it like uh-huh. growing up? You know, what, have, what are some of your lived experiences? Cause I don't, I don't have those same ones and then mm-hmm. sitting down and listening. And that's so important. And it's like, I, I hope that people don't feel like too, like their ego or that they'll feel stupid for asking a weird question. It's like, no, you, you don't know. And that's okay. And we would prefer you to know. And so that's great that even like you, like you said, you've acknowledged it. It's just like, oh my gosh, like I didn't know that and stuff. And that that's all it takes, honestly, is just submitting it and then uh, taking action upon it. Yeah. And bringing other people into that conversation too. And just, just mm-hmm. learning, right. We're just trying to learn more about people, mm-hmm. uh, about an, a lived experience in the country and, and across the, the nation that, you know, you, you might not have exposure to, and that's fine, but learning about it is that next step. Exactly. Exactly. Like, uh, on my personal Instagram, I, I'm very big in the bookstagram community. I love books. <laughs> I love reading. And, you know, that's just been, um, uh, especially with a group of friends of mine, that's been a very big thing is, you know, uh, last month it was Latina uh, Heritage Month. Heritage Month, And so with that, we tried to read um, a lot of books by the Latinx community, you know, and just being able to educate ourselves and to hear their side of the stories and just, you know, exposing yourself and learning different ways. Being a big reader, I know you mentioned The Color of Law. What are some other of your favorite resources? All my resources are books. I don't know any websites at the moment off the top of my head, but um, I really liked uh, Between Between the World and Me. That one was really great because, you know, uh, the author, he grew up in the you know, uh, 70s, 80s, uh, 90s. And of, of course, how Blacks, uh, African-Americans were treated back then is a little bit different now. You know, we were able to experience a Black president. Back then, that was not even, like, how could you even see that, you know? So I, I definitely loved that one. Uh, the Color of Law. Um, Stamped is a really good one as well. It's, uh, it's, very, it's a lot of history, but... Again, to educate yourself, if you take it bits by bits, and it's just like, let's learn a little bit here, learn a bit a little bit there. It's really nice and stuff. But. It's that history that, that we all need to learn. It's that history that we mm-hmm. all need to, to have to, to be reading and to be learning about, because that's the history that impacts how we are today. Uh, and, and Exactly. And, and acknowledging that. Exactly. Exactly. And, um, some, like there's fictional books too. Um, but of course, like authors, they always write from a a space that they know. And so like, um, I forgot the author's name, but she writes salvage the bones and sing unburied sing. And with that, she shares about, um, African-American families down in the South after Katrina and what they go through and how their lives are just, they're even different from mine because they're from the South, you know, and it's just so interesting to read and what they have to deal with. And yeah, it's really, it's very informational. Yeah, absolutely. And I'll have, I'll have links to those books that you mentioned in the show notes and on our website so people can click right through those and start reading as soon as they can. Uh, and uh, because that's, that's really important. Uh, and I, I, I'm going to grab a few of those myself because those are, those sound interesting too. So thank you for those <laughs> <Yes>. recommendations. <laughs> yes, of course. Yes, of course. <laughs> I love to read. I could talk about books all day, but we don't, <laughs> that's another topic. <laughs> <laughs> that'll, well, that, that'll be, that'll be follow up to this, to this episode. Then. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I've pet books too. I can recommend pet books too. Okay. I got them all. <laughs> okay. Well, 
Well, let's 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 maybe uh, you know what about okay? What about some pet sitting books and pet re- sitting recommendation resources too? Yes. So uh, I'm reading one right now. It's called Good Old Dog. So it helps you learn how to take care of your dog as they get older. Um, of course, as we mentioned that I am trying to open up a facility. So I'm reading uh, how to start a dog board, uh, dog boarding business. And then um, I've read a bunch of Kristen Morrison books, like um, how to start a dog sitting business in 30 days. And um, let's see, I'm trying to remember the other one. Uh, Six figure pet sitting business is another one of Kristen Morrison's. Yeah. So if I have it in front of me. It's like, let me look up real fast. <laughs> she does have quite a few, so it's okay. She does. <laughs> <laughs> she's awesome i've been able to meet her in person a few times and she's she's very sweet i enjoy her company oh that's that's awesome that's really cool thank you for those resources um Kylie, yes. Kylie, Kylie, this has been wonderfully enjoyable i thank you so much for taking the time out of your day to come on and, and talk with us and share about the history of your company and all the exciting stuff that you have moving forward and then um all the work that, that we can be doing on ourselves and, and contributing to the conversation <laughs> of the Black Lives Matter movement. Um, if, uh, but I know people are going to want to get in touch and pick your brain more on all these topics. So how best yes. can they get connected? Yes, they can uh, follow us on Instagram. Our Instagram is Fire Hydrant Pet Sitting Co. Um, and then they can also contact us through email, which is hello at firehydrantpetsitting.com. Very good. And I'll have, again, links to that, those and all the resources that you've listed in the show notes and on the website. Yes. To those. <laughs> all those books. All of those Lots books. of reading. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, all, it's all good. So once again, thank you so much, Kylie. Yeah. Thank you. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me on here. I love Kylie's story of leading through the challenges that COVID has brought upon her and her company. But she has such a wonderful view for the future and an optimistic outlook that is just really contagious. And then her open and honest discussion about life as a black business owner in America through the Black Lives Matter movement is really touching and I think should be very encouraging to us as pet sitters in the industry. There's a lot of work to do, but there's a lot of hope as well. And a lot of things that we can help contribute to the conversation to help bring communities together to have better conversations so that we can be better together. We want to thank our sponsor for this week's episode, Time to Pet. Head on over to timetopet.com forward slash confessional to check out that discount. We also really want to thank our Patreons for supporting us every single month. It's hard to believe, but this is the last episode of 2020. What a wonderful, crazy, terrifying year it has been. And thank you for being with us through it all. And thank you for listening and contributing and being a part of the ongoing conversation. We really, truly could not be doing this without you. From the bottom of our hearts, thank you. And we wish you a wonderful, happy new year. We're looking forward to 2021 and all of the exciting things that are in store. Peace.